Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Joette Trin. She's from Connecticut. She's an attorney, real estate attorney, and she started her portfolio from nothing many years ago. And her interview is so inspiring, uh, which you're just going to so appreciate. What I think you're going to find really helpful on this episode is she goes through her process of cold calling and cold calling specifically the niche of, of executors dealing with, you know, probate in, in the, in the probate kind of niche. And it's just awesome how she lays everything out. She talks about what she says, how, what she says on the phone, as soon as she gets on the phone with these folks. And also she goes through uh, her criteria. She's listening for four pieces of criteria and to assess what her next steps are. So I just thought she just pretty much laid out, if you want a cold call, this is what you do, especially in that niche. Absolutely. And I, one thing that I want to highlight, this is an episode for you guys that are either stuck or don't feel motivated. She is your girl. She, her mother came from Vietnam with $3.50 on her pocket and was able to build her life here. And, and she did the same. Right now, she owns a, a portfolio with more than 40 units, being a real estate attorney, mother of three, has her husband, has it all. And still, she did 105 cold callings in order to get one deal. So her mentality, no excuse mentality, it's what every single one of us need to really move forward and reach your goals. So if you're really stuck on something, this is that episode for you. Enjoy. You're trying to close on your next rental. So why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. 
Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we are on a very important mission to serve women and empower them in living a financially free and balanced life. So it's not always the easiest thing to do, right? In terms of balance, especially the day we're recording this amazing podcast. The three of our worlds are a little a little upside down, but we're making it work because that's what we do as women <laughs> and as investors yeah. and as 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 you know, women who want more in life, right? So we'll probably get into all that. Joette, thank you so much for being on our show. Just so excited to have you on to share your story. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're going to jump into her story in a moment, which is so fascinating. Um, I always, I love, I'm, I'm biased, but I love all the women we interview on our show. <laughs> but reading your bio and hearing your background is just really, really inspiring. So we'll jump into that in a moment. Uh, Andressa, as we like to do every week with our amazing, amazing women who watch our show and um, watch our show, listen to our show and watch it on YouTube, uh, we'd like to kind of connect with all of you, kind of share what's up with us, something, a tool, a trick, a learning and aha and then we jump into our our interview yeah. with an amazing lady so so what's coming up for you andressa you know i'm gonna talk about the power of a community you know we we have built the real estate investor community facebook group throughout the years we have more than four thousand members there now um it's a very strong community yeah uh, you have people that are fresh green and you have also really rock stars with years and years of experience there and as our friend patricia red hawk always say you're always a rookie at some point in real estate right so it doesn't really matter uh what where you're at if you're not growing it means that you're really stuck and mm -hmm. uh um, learning something new you're not going through challenges so this past week I'm looking to buy a primary house and I've bought primary houses before, but I've never done a construction loan on a primary house. I always mm. paid out of, out of pocket. I was like, I'm going to explore that possibility right now. And um, I got denied with the first lender that I talked to. And I was like, nah, I was not upset about being denied because sometimes it's just a matter of criteria. But I was, I was disappointed the way that the communication happened. And also, you, you know, you look back and you take responsibility. Like, well, what is off over here? And I immediately thought, okay, let me share with the community and see what, what comes out of that. And I cannot tell how many people just jump in and say, you're talking to the wrong person talk to this person, talk to that person. And it opened up a completely new world behind me. And to be honest with you, many times I think, okay, that woman that is trying to go to something new and then she gets rejected or a no, and then that shut down. If she doesn't have that community behind her, it's kind of really challenged to get out of that. I have a child over here. Yes. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that, Andressa, because, you know, two things. We like, you know, Joette, I'm sure you've been, you've seen this in your journey. You get to a certain point and you do something really well and then you're, you're pivoting, you're getting into something new and it's like you're, you're learning again. You're like, hold on, I've been in this business a while, just like you, Andressa, you've bought and closed deals all the time. Yeah. But then for that to happen, and then you're like, okay, I'm not gonna let this stop me. 
I'm going to reach out and get support. And then you, what have you been taught? How many lenders have you talked to since that post? 15. 15, right? Yes. And, I'm, and where are you at? I mean, making progress? Absolutely. And yeah. I was like, well, there are more that there's more than like one option here. Yeah. And sometimes that the lender that I'm talking to, it's not the appetite is not that residential or they have a different right. threshold, which I learned with COVID, the terms really changed yeah. and their appetite really changed. But it was a great opportunity to make connections for other things. Yeah. Also. That's great. And to really understand that you know, you might be talking to the wrong person or the wrong department within the same bank. Yeah. It's, it's, but I, what I want to emphasize is really the power of having a community that has my back mm -hmm. and really like, okay, here are my referrals. And then you go, you, you go. go here, you go there. It might work this way or it might not work right now, but I felt really supported to the sense that I don't need to resolve by myself. So if That's you're awesome. listening to it and you're stuck at some at something or you feel that you don't have the support of your spouse or family, whatever that situation is, highly recommend you to join our Facebook community. It's a free uh, uh, place for you to really get not just knowledge, but the support from other women that will push you forward with so much kindness. And, you know, uh, I'm very grateful for all yeah. the women that has helped out. It opened that's up awesome. a completely new world for me. That's awesome. And that's a great testament to, to not allowing yourself to get stopped, right? And, and to, to use that community. So that's awesome. Um, so without further ado, Joette, uh, thank you again so much for being on our show, especially with all the, all the obstacles that were thrown your way, which I know we're going to get into uh, because of what you've accomplished for yourself. I'm sure that was, this, this situation small compared to probably a lot of other things you've, been, you've dealt with over the years. So share with the, the woman listening a little bit about what propelled you to get involved in real estate investing. Well, I had a very unique start. And if you can see from the background, it's been a little bit challenging today. I'm doing this podcast from my car because I don't have any power at my house. And my mother-in-law is watching my three kids who are five and under so that I could do this. Um, and my neighbors graciously are letting me use the internet. But I had a very unique start in the business. Um, my senior year of college, which was in 2006, so I'm kind of aging myself here. Uh, she took me to a one-day seminar where, you know, they have the gurus where they try to sell you those packages that are worth thousands and thousands of dollars. And I didn't have the money, but I was really interested in real estate. So I ended up calling the guru consistently and persistently for about six months and just saying, I want to work for you. I want to work for you. I want to work for you. I want to learn about real estate. But I don't have any money. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. So after about six months of him of me bugging him and him kind of getting the idea that I wasn't gonna not stop calling him. <laughs> he finally gave me a shot. I ended up working for him for four years. I did sales, I worked on his call center and I did cold calling. But the most important year was the year that I spent on the road where I would, I was his logistics manager for his real estate investing courses. So he his company had courses on residential investing, commercial real estate, mobile home parks, creative financing, like seller financing. And I ran all of those courses, the logistics. So the, the instructor would fly in 
and I'd set up the courses for them. I'd get their coffee. I'd make sure their presentations ran well. But in return, I got to sit in the back of the room, not pay, and learn all the information. <laughs> oh, I That's love that. so cool. I always yeah. say, like, you got to find a way. And based on what you're telling me right now, you have the mentality since forever. Like, you are in the car right now. <laughs> you ask for help for your in-laws to take care of your kids. You're using the internet from your neighbor. You could easily have called us this morning and have said, hey, I have too much on my plate. I don't have power. I don't think I want to go in my car and record this or go to my neighbor and ask for his internet or <laughs> you could have done all of this, but you have not done that. And you could have done the same thing years ago when you went to this guru and say, I don't have the money. Or when he said to you, no, for the first time, you said, oh, uh, I'm embarrassed or I'm not going to ask him two, three, five, seven, ten times. So my question to you is how, how or where is this coming from, this perseverance uh, you have a very thick skin and you figure things out so I'm very curious to understand how you you got that because a lot of people give up right away and you have something that what I'm looking to get here is that let's see if we can transfer like to, to other people this how did you get that and what is your interpretation when you hear a no so where did it come from? I think it came from the fact that I had a very hard life growing up. Uh, my mother is from Vietnam. She came over during the Vietnam War. She came with $3.50 in her pocket, and she still has that same $3.50 in her pocket today. Mm -hmm. So she literally built herself up from nothing. And just watching that growing up was huge. My father exited stage at age five. And so it was just my mom and I for a very long time. And we were very poor. Um, I was one of those angel tree kids. I don't know if you know what that is, but that's like at Christmas time when there are children in the community who don't, whose oh, family okay. don't have enough funds for them to, to have gifts. They hang an ornament on the Christmas tree and it has your, what your wishes are. And then a family that's more fortunate than you picks the ornament off the tree and then they go to Walmart or wherever, Target, and buy what's on the list. So I was one of those angel tree kids. Mm -hmm. We were poor, we didn't have a ton of food, and my mom always chose to live in a better neighborhood than to have food on the table. So she went without. She would come mm -hmm. home and tell me that she had had dinner at work, but she really hadn't. That food at home was for me, but we always lived in a wow. safe neighborhood and I always had access to good schools. So I think just watching that and my mom is such a fighter, I think that's where it came from. Well, that's really, really moving. Um, that's making me move, me moved here. So you go through this experience with all the, um, the guru, your gurus, you're learning all this information. Um, so what, what, what was the next step when you got your first real estate investment under, under your belt? Well, there's a little bit of a, of a delay because I worked for the guru during 2008, 2009 when the Great Recession happened. And I saw a lot of the investors who had been paying the guru's company thousands and thousands of dollars to take 
the courses, they, they lost their shirts in the real estate market. And yeah. I thought, I know that real estate is my path, but I never want to encounter a situation like these other investors where, where this happens to me or anyone I love. So I decided to go to law school and become a real estate attorney specifically. So I go to law school and the first year of law school, I'm full time, you're not allowed to have a job. So I thought, well, how can I take the information that I've learned these past four years of the guru's company and, and leverage it? And I was living off of student loans at the time because like I said, I didn't have a job. So I started, and my husband, who at the time was my boyfriend, we started individually flipping mobile homes. And so we would uh, buy them, fix them, and then we'd sell them for cash or we'd hold the note. And it was really great income for a law school student who didn't have a job. But literally I was going to law school during the week. And then on the weekends, my boyfriend, now husband and I would drive a hundred miles north to upstate New York. And I'd pack ham, you know, egg sandwiches and ham and cheese sandwiches and I'd scrub toilets and he'd do the demo. And then we'd come back and I'd go back to school and then the next weekend we'd do it again. So that's how we started. It was, very, um, it was a very humble beginning because I didn't have a ton of money. Wow, that's really um, inspiring, <laughs> you know? So the mobile home flipping, why mobile home flipping? Why, getting, why did you get into mobile homes? Because it's what I could afford. <laughs> low, low entry of barrier, yeah, in terms low. of just getting into, the, into that, yeah. Yeah. One of, the, one of the seminars that the Guru's company um, taught was how to do mobile home park investing, but also mobile home park, uh, mobile home flipping. And so it was a low barrier to entry. I didn't have, it was anywhere between $500 to $5,000 to buy a home, which I had um, because I was using the money that I had from my student loans. I was, I was on scholarship, but then all the money I had from the student loans, I was using that money to mm. buy homes and then I negotiated with the mobile home park owner to give me free uh, two months worth of lot rent while I rehabbed the home and oftentimes we could buy it fix it up and put it back on the market before the two months was up I think what you're saying is, is making me think about a few different things and I, I want the women listening to hear, hear this so often we want to say like there was this master strategic market analysis plan, right? When certain people start, right? And I, people have asked me, why, why did you choose uh, Trenton, New Jersey? And why did you choose that? I'm like, it was the cheapest we could afford to get involved in real estate investing. <laughs> you know, did I do all my market analysis? No, not like I do now. It's such a different, like you, you evolve, right? So right. I'm saying that for a few different reasons. I think people get involved in real estate investing at different points of their lives, at different socioeconomic points of their lives, so to speak. And, you know, there are people who get in and are all about the market analysis from the beginning. And that's their path. Um, I think, and that's obviously the most preferred path. <laughs> of course, I'm not going to say on a real estate investing podcast, no, 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 ignore the market and just do what you can afford. What I am saying though, is what you're saying and what I think our path was very similar in a lot of ways was that you have to do sometimes what the easiest entry to the barrier is, so to speak. And that's, that just gets you your foot in the door so that you can pivot into other things. I think right. sometimes as women, right, we want this to be perfect, the perfect market, the perfect deal, the perfect <laughs> fill in the blank. And I just don't, at least my own path, I could speak personally, that didn't happen for us. Now, 
you know, we learned a lot through that experience. We still have properties in Trenton, New Jersey. We still have a holding there. And, you know, were there certain things I would have done differently? Maybe, but it took me to where we are today, right? So I guess my point is we, let's not wait to the perfect fill in the blank. Um, and, if, and if you see an opportunity, like I can get into this with three steps versus 25 steps, then do that. So then that gets your momentum going. I, I just wanted to make a point on that because I, I think too many times we wait and wait for the perfect, you know what? And I, I just don't know if that always happens for everyone. Right. I did what was in front of me and what I could handle at yeah. that point. And that's yeah. really how I got started. It's awesome. You know, sometimes I, I, I hear and I see different posts about like, yeah, I'm starting in real estate. I need a name. I need a business card. Um, but I really stuck on my logo. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and I love what you're saying because it was in front of you and you made the best of what was in front of you. And I think that that's what people got to do depending on where they are in their life. That being said, I think that, you know, each person needs to see where, where am I right now? What can I do in order to move forward? My goal, it is to have rental income, but what can I do right now in order to get closer to that? And it's really a no excuse mentality to, in order to move forward that it will take more than what you think to, to get there. So based on your, your, your beginning and you have done tons of, of transactions in your, in your career, what have you learned during those transactions that has helped you like more mistakes that people made when, when they were closing on a deal, like golden nuggets that you can share with our, our audience? Well, I would say first have a good, if you're in an attorney state, have a good attorney, uh, because a lot of times I find that for my legal clients, the contracts, the language in the contracts can make or break a deal or make a significant impact. I think the language is very important and also I think, um, so that's the first step is to have a good, a good team, someone that can help you through. If you're an investor, make sure that you have someone on your team who's helping you run your numbers and being conservative about it so that if there is some type of unexpected, you know, rehab cost that comes up that you're prepared for that so that it doesn't ruin your budget or ruin your profit margin. So definitely as an, on the investor side, make sure you're running your numbers. And, and if you're not good at that, then have someone who can help you do that. And on the closing side, have a good attorney. I've been in a, a real estate attorney now for seven years. I've done over 1500 transactions for my clients. And a lot of times it does come down to the language and the contracts, but also uh, it also is about being flexible. And if something comes up where things don't seem to be going your way, find another way, be tenacious and don't give up. Yeah. You know, I hear all the time that, you know, people are very conscious about engaging with attorneys and sometimes they only engage with shit is hitting the fan already, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of value in getting a, a contracting place for your general contractor, you know, prior to it. Review, I oh, if somebody wants me to use their contract, I have an attorney that reviews that contract. And not just like, 
not reading a contract, not understanding. And I think that those lessons come the hard way because then when things don't go right, and then we're going to go read the fine lines and it's a matter of like one word to change everything else. So absolutely, I always say, and I learned throughout my, my, my career that having different attorneys for different things is just part of the business is like legal fees right there. It doesn't mean that I am in trouble or no, it means that I'm running my, my, my business in a way right now, let's, we, we have different <laughs> attorneys for different things. We were like, we can't write a contract. No, yeah. just kidding. But no, yeah, yeah. We, you get to the point where it is important to have a team that can support you. So you are a real estate attorney on your investment side, share, share with us what's going on in your life and how are you able to manage everything? So from the mobile homes, we did that a bunch of times and then we were able to take that income and also the fact that we, our friends and our family got to know what we were doing and they started saying, hey, can we invest with you? So we took, uh, there, that money that we made from the mobile homes and also those individuals who decided that they wanted to loan money to us. Um, and we rolled that into single family homes, multifamily homes. So now, 12 years later, we are, we have a portfolio of 40 by uh, 40 rental properties that we hold everything from, like I said, single family up to like a 12 unit apartment building. And then we're fixing and flipping as well. We've done about a dozen and a half flips as well during that time. So right now in this market, we're actually having a lot of success with flipping. I know that a lot of people are not uh, because of COVID, but where I am and what we're doing, it's actually working. My husband is a licensed realtor. So some of the deals come from the MLS. I have garnered a reputation in my community as an investor-friendly attorney. So I have a lot of wholesalers who call and they bring deals too. And then my, I myself, I call on a lot of, I cold call on a lot of probate properties. So there's multiple uh, streams or multiple avenues of deals that we're currently pursuing on top of the portfolio that we currently hold. So I saw that in your bio too about cold calling uh, and you're cold calling probate P the, the folks that are the, the executors. Okay. The executors. Yes. Okay. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes, but how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com. Or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. 
First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's talk about cold calling a little bit. Cause I, I, you know, I think in times like we're in, you know, a deal isn't just going to come on this like beautiful silver platter and, you know, it's just, it's just, I think people have to get what? more creative. I know, right? I know, right? I know, right? I just, right. Come my door and say, Hey, UPS. here's your, here's your like 12 unit, you know, off market, undervalued. I thought I could order on Amazon and come exactly. to our prime. Exactly. I know we all would love that, but you know what, it, what you have to be super creative and you know, cold calling is interesting, right? In the day, like, I feel like I cold called when I started my professional career and that taught me so much about just like getting through fear and doing it. So, I mean, cold calling for the getting over your fear is worth the energy, let alone getting a deal. So walk us through that a little bit. I mean, we've had other really great women on talking about probate, you know, that, that strategy and how you can create a win-win and such a, an important strategy because you really can create a win-win if you come from that place. Um, and I'm sure you do as well. So how do you approach that? Like you get a list, you, you know, just obviously you have a list and you have phone numbers, but tell us a little bit about how you work through that kind of process. Because I, you think everyone cold calls, you think everyone's comfortable with that, but not a lot of people are. And especially if you haven't had sales experience and, um, I think that's where you sometimes can really find some diamonds in, you know, in the rough or whatever that phrase is. So share this a little bit about that if you can. So I don't actually buy a list because what we do in Connecticut, Connecticut is different from a lot of other states in that our, our information is not centralized by County. It's, it's by town. So you have to go, there's 130 some towns in Connecticut. So if you want to know who those probate, uh, those probate transactions is you have to go per town, not by the county. So it makes okay. it a lot more legwork. So I'm currently, I have an assistant who combs through the public records of each town for me. And then she skip traces it, which means that she's finding the contact information for each uh, person of mm-hmm. that, um, of that probate deal, like usually the executor. And then So based off of that, I have their phone number and I have their address and then I call. And yes, it can be scary. And I've been yelled at, (laughs) but like Andressa said, you you develop a thick skin and you you recognize that these people are in a tough time. They've just lost someone in their lives who um, is very important to them. And and I don't, obviously I don't call immediately. I wait a month or so before I call. And when I call, the very first thing I say is, I am so sorry about the loss of your loved one. My condolences. Because you really want to have, in this situation, a lot of empathy and, and for, this, for the pain that they're experiencing. But they are also having a problem because a lot of executors, if it's the spouse of the one who passed, maybe the home is too big for them and they, or they can't afford it anymore because maybe they're, now they're on one, com, one income rather than two. 
or maybe it's the child or a relative and they already have their own home so they don't want mm. to carry the burden of another home the maintenance and the taxes and insurance and whatnot so i usually what i'll say is after i introduce myself i empathetically say that i'm so sorry and i give my condolences and i say i'm just calling to see if you happen to have any interest in selling this property and when they say yes great if they say no okay no problem can i please would you mind if I just stayed in touch with you? Can I send you an email every once in a while? And if they send me, if they give me their email address, then you can put them into an email marketing campaign. If they say no, what I have had is a lot of the older folks in their 70s and 80s, they don't necessarily have the internet. So they'll say no, we don't have email. Okay, well, can I mail you my business card and feel free to reach out when you're ready? And I leave it very not it's not high pressure in the least it's very open if they say no if they say yes then there's the four things that i try to garner from the conversation is the condition of the property have they had any updates in the last five years i the second thing is the timeline how quickly do they want to sell the property and if they are in a probate process that can take some time to get the necessary documentation or if there's been no will and they have to get uh, the court judges, the judge's approval for the sale, that takes some time too. So we talk about timeline. So first is condition, second is timeline. Um, and then third, we talk about their motivation. Is it because they, they can't afford the home or is it because it's a loved one's home and they don't wanna maintain it? That's, so motivation is a third. And then the fourth is a price. What do they think they want for it? What do they think they um, can get for it? And are they open to an as-is, all-cash, quick closing, or close as soon as they're, they're, they can accommodate it? That's great. I, lo I love those four-pronged approach. The, um, that's amazing because it's like, and you're right, so many times when you're cold calling, it's like, there's no immediate results, right? So it's like, you know, we, our customers in a lot of ways are our potential investors, people who are going to invest in our, in our projects, what have you. And sometimes they're, you know, interested, but they're just, they just need multiple touches and, and that's normal. So right. to think, to, to think like we're going to just, you know, every person you're going to call and then you get defeated by it, just knowing there's a process, knowing that it's like a numbers game gives you some peace whoever you're trying to enroll i think sometimes that's what cold calling taught me you know it's like okay this is this is a numbers game i just gotta i gotta get to like a certain amount and stay in touch and have a follow-up and st sales will be made and things will be made so that's great i love that um absolutely on the most recent probate deal i had to call 105 people okay call them multiple times before i finally got you know, once I, when I call them and they, we go through the four things and I say, oh, okay, great. Can I come see your property? So I had to call 105 people multiple times to get a showing, to get the deal. But the numbers were fantastic when we finally were able to close. So the 105, I'm curious to break that down. 105 people, multiple times, like plus three times, did you call them? Or touch points, even like a letter, like you said, or an email? Or was that call yeah. three? I would, I would say at least three times and some of them with the, sometimes we were setting multiple showings because we'd go out to the property and we'd take a look to see if we're interested. And if we were interested, we'd come back with our contractor and then right. once we're back with our contractor, then we're making an offer. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of work, but. How many offers on that 105 did you make? I think we made four offers. Okay. Out of 105, 
and the one that we got accepted, the um, executrix, it was her brother who had passed away and he had, he had actually had three properties. And so she was the executrix of all three properties. And we caught her on the third property when she was just tired done. and done. And she was like, take this off my hands. So she had originally said that if she put in maybe, she had had a realtor come through and told her that if she had put maybe $10,000 in the property, she could probably get 270. But she want, she said, I'll, I'll sell it to you for 220. And I said, well, I don't know about 220. We ran our numbers, we offered 180. And then she said, that's kind of low. So we met in the middle at 200. So we bought it for 200. It needed $66,000 worth of renovation. So we were at two, so 266. And then we just sold it um, this past spring for 327.5. That's great. Awesome. It was pretty, that is awesome. pretty good spread. So and then I, I want to highlight here like what it takes. Sometimes, um, you know, we try five, five properties and you get five notes. <laughs> Then we're done with it. Doesn't work. <laughs> does not work. This cold calling thing does not work. People were pissed off. Now I am like depressed and I'm stuck and I'm not going to call somebody else to get yelled at. I am the middle of pandemic, not doing that. So, <laughs> you know, I've been in door-to-door uh, -door sales and at the end of the day, it's all about the numbers. How many doors I did, how many... Uh, uh, people I spoke with, uh, how many presentations I did, how many closings I did, and it's all numbers. And I think that is a great strategy. You know, you were mentioning 105 times, a cup three times to get four offers there and then a great deal. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of no's. It takes a lot of conversations and saliva that goes in within. <laughs> and I and I really commend you for for sharing the quantity. So we're all clear here. If you want to play this game, this is what it takes. This is you know from three dollars and fifty cents when her mother came in to the portfolio that she has right now. Yes, it's hard work and it's smart. So I really want to commend you uh, for that because we're going to set the record straight that financial freedom and in this industry, it takes a lot of work behind the scenes, but a lot of people don't, don't know that. When people hear the other person on the other side of the line is stressed out and they're doing with, dealing with whatever they're dealing, probate especially. There's a lot of things that they might be, you know, grieving and also dealing with the house itself. Uh, how do you handle their emotions and do not let that affect you? Because I think that one of the main things, challenges that women face is that we absorb that emotion and then we carry that and that brings our motivation and our focus a little bit out so i'm curious after like 105 people that you talk to how you didn't let their emotions to hold you back i think it's really important to focus on the purpose of why you're calling if 
for me, real estate can really change lives and it has changed my life and it has changed my children's lives going forward. And I think that when you're making those calls, you have to understand that the response that you're getting on the other side, whether it's anger or you know, why are you calling me or deep sadness, it's okay to empathize with them. You should. I mean, I think that's human nature. And I think as women, we're uniquely situated to do that because we are, I think, more naturally empathetic. But I also think that you need to focus on the fact that what are you doing here? You're calling to help them help solve their problem. They need to sell the house. They need to get out from under that mortgage or they need to get out from having to maintain multiple properties. And then for yourself, what's your focus? Why are you doing this? Are you doing this to change your life and change your children's lives? And I think that when you focus on the purpose, you can not, I shouldn't say you, you, can, you can hear their emotions, but then understand that you're coming from a place of help and you can help them. You have that power. So yeah. I think, like I said, if you focus on that, then I think that will help you to navigate the, the strong emotions that you're encountering. And that's a daily basis, focusing on your purpose. I mean, you know, we all could probably, I, I'll just speak personally, I can certainly do that further. Like, you know, I'll have a laundry list of things to do. You know, we're growing our investor, um, you know, business and in moving in a lot of different directions. And, and sometimes, you know, it's not all podcast recordings. It's not all interviews or it's, you know, things that I naturally gravitate towards. It's stuff that just needs to get done, right, to, to propel the, the business forward. And I find sometimes I'm like, I need to always reconnect with that purpose when I'm about to, like, attack something and get into a task that may not be as natural to me or may not um, – be the most fun, right? We have to constantly kind of like, what what are we doing this for? Like, you know, I think we all could do that a little bit more and, and get us a little more pumped about that task, cold calling, you know, uh, whatever it might be in front of you to do. Uh, reviewing, I mean, we've been reviewing, I've been reviewing a lot of legal documents lately. And, you know, and that's just something that needs to happen. But uh, what's on the other side of that is growing our team and really propelling us into a really, really bright future. So that's what I kind of keep in mind. It keeps me kind of Pumped is a, a big word. I'd say like constantly motivated. like motivated. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, it's that constant. I think we all need to keep that in front of us. Um, I, I think it's rare to have just it by nature. You have to kind of keep it in front and well, that's awesome. Um, Joette, this has been amazing. Uh, you're, you're, you're certainly an inspiration to, to me. I can speak personally. I'm sure, sure Andressa as well. Um, where yeah. can the ladies listening learn more about the amazing things you're up to with all your multiple businesses. Well, we've just finished rebranding for this show. So our website is www.commongoodrealestate.com. I like that name. Thank you. And we are on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram under commongoodrealestate. I will have to say that when you go there though, you probably won't see any posts and you won't see any likes because I literally just went yesterday. That's awesome. In time. In time <laughs> Good motivation. Today. There you go. Good motivation. Awesome. So like us or what have you, or feel free to reach out. But like I said, there's no likes, there's no posts yet. <laughs> yet. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, so all this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? I would have to pick two. The first one is How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think it's great for mindset and especially in this business, which is a people business, it's great to teach you how to relate to others. And then the second one is Girl, Wash Your Face. That one really kicked me 
in, in my behind and just got me motivated to say, stop doing all these other things that aren't bringing you to where you are. Wash your face, get up and start, start working on what truly matters to you. So those two. Awesome. And the second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? I would have to say recently that it's journaling. And I don't just write about the, what's transpired during my day, but I look at my, I do a daily analysis of six key areas in my life. The first being my career, both as, a, as an attorney and in my investment business. Second being my marriage. My third is my family and then physical, emotional, and mental. And all throughout that, those six areas of my life that I'm analyzing each day as to how I'm feeling in those areas are, are prayers of faith because I've got three kids, five and under. I work full time. I'm building the investment business. Dear God, I need some patience and some help. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a lot, but it's a balancing act. Absolutely. I always say like... <laughs> I have so many things going on, but I really, that's how it's been forever for me. And that's part of my life. I don't know what would I do if I didn't have it. You know, those, those different, different things. I think that that's what I enjoy about what I do in life, that it's very diverse and, and it brings me a lot of joy. Um, the last question for you is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? I think I kind of already hinted at it, but it's yes. mother. She's just her strength and her tenacity to just persevere in the U.S. when she didn't speak the language and built herself up from nothing is really where I've learned my life lessons. And it's lessons that I hope to convey to my children. That's amazing. And I'm sure you have conveyed them just by being who you are. I mean, you know, sometimes that's, it's so fascinating because you got these little ones, three of them. It's like, they're watching mommy take a podcast interview right now in her car, you know, like talk about <laughs> doing whatever it takes. So thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for making this work. Love what you're up to and uh, just can't wait to see your trajectory. You're just doing amazing things. So thanks for your time. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. It's really been an honor. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.